want to share the word of God with you today. I want to talk to you about a conditional Christianity. Conditional Christianity. You know, I uh, this thought this thought has been stirring around um, in my brains. Is um, I have more than one brain. Um, <laughs> my brains is um, for a little while, and uh, God began to really uh, put some of the pieces of the puzzle today. And so I'm going to ask you to be patient with me as I get through this, because I feel like there's something that God is wanting us to recognize, and I, I don't think it's going to be this most. Um, unbelievable, you know, I, I tell you often that I'm not necessarily the pastor that's going to tell you the most novel, unbelievable thing that you've ever heard in your life. I did graduate right down the road, okay? Um, and we were not like the top school when I graduated from there, but I did graduate. It does count. Um, but I want to talk to you about a conditional Christianity because I believe what's happening in uh, church culture is we find ourselves living in what I'm calling conditional Christianity. Now, this may be like a common thing, and I may be butchering this. I don't know if, if conditional Christianity is like a common term or not, but this is just where I'm going with it, okay? Um, and I want to explain what I mean a little bit. We place conditions on everything that we do, right? Everything that we say, everything that we give, everything that we receive, we find ourselves placing conditions on them. It sounds something like this. I'll help you with this if you help me with that, right? I'll give to this if I can get a piece of this, right? I, I'll, I'll do whatever it is, right? That is, that is a conditional life, right? There's conditions on everything that we typically do. And this life of, I'm going to use this word, conditionality, it's a word, I checked. You can check and make sure too, Sean. Conditionality. <laughs> what it does is it creates this gap, I believe, between who we are destined to be and the path that we are actually going on. And the problem is, is we want that, that, that destination, right? We want that to be in our path. And a lot of times what happens is there are other things that keep us from staying on that path, right? The quickest way for me to get out that door is to run straight through here and dodge Billy's clothesline because he will try to clothesline me if I run out. It's like an instinct for him. Yeah, see? Yeah, I saw it. It wouldn't make sense for me to start walking over top of the pews and trying to cross everyone to get out, right? But this is what we typically do on our path to our destiny, to what God has for us. And I believe that these, these conditions that we begin to place on everything, what they are doing is they are keeping us from actually having the relationship with God that we are supposed to have. So tonight, I'm going to talk to you about conditional Christianity. That was a pretty good segue, wasn't it? It felt like it felt really smooth, you know? <laughs> Turn with me to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. I think that foundationally, um, we have to get one thing straight, okay? And we have to get this in us so well, okay? So well, we have to, we have to live this. We have to believe this. We, have, we, we just have to get this, guys, okay? Foundationally, we all need to understand this. God is the standard. God is the standard. 
Say that with me. Say, God is the standard. Not your mama. (laughs) Not your daddy. Not your pastor. (laughs) Are we going to do this the whole sermon? (laughs) Okay, there we go. (laughs) We have to get this into us, guys, that God is the standard. Our opinions are not the standard. The book that you just read is not the standard unless it was the Bible. Okay. (laughs) There's my clause for you. God is the standard. So everything that we look at, everything that we approach, every, every situation that we encounter, we have to encounter that with the, with the assumption and knowledge that God is the standard. So that when we look at these situations, we have something to weigh it up against. And it's God. Not my opinion, not anyone else's opinion, but what God says. And so I want to read what John 4 says here, okay? It says, Beloved... We're going to start in verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. I want to hone in for a second on verse 10, because I believe that verse 10 specifically calls out a piece of this foundation that I want us to capture tonight, okay? And it's right here, okay? It says, and this is love, okay? Not that we have loved God. That right there, when I, when I read that, okay, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. When I, when I read that, I began to ask myself, where is the condition in that, right? We talk about unconditional love, right? And I think we got we to get unconditional love, right? right? The, the, Bible, the Bible tells us that, um, you know, there's faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. And I'll be honest with you, we still struggle with love. We struggle with it with the person next to us, the person across from us, the person driving the car next to us. We struggle with the foundational concept of love. And I'll tell you, it doesn't matter how fast you run in the sanctuary, how loud you shout in the sanctuary. If we can't get love, we don't, we, 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 we just ain't got it, guys. It's, it's as simple as that. Because there are people out here that are dying And they are going to hell. And you know what? We're not showing them love to snatch them away from Satan and make sure that they come to heaven. And it's foundational. It's because we need the love. We need to experience this love. So when I read this, I know this. There's no condition on this love. Because it starts off by specifically telling you 
Not that we have loved God. Not that we have done anything for God. Not that we had earned anything from him. But there, there, was, there was nothing, right? No 10-step program that we went through. There was no time requirement. There's no investment. He, on his own, did this because he loved us. There's a, uh, a video where um, uh, Jake Hamilton uh, is speaking about love, and uh, he, he talks about this whole idea where um, people come to know Christ, and oftentimes people will say, I just, I just, um, um, I, I fell in love with God, right? And that's, that's all good, and that's all right, and that's, that's okay. Uh, but what he's talking about is where did that love come from? That love is only able to be experienced when you receive it from the Father. That's the only way you're able to then give it back. Marriages fail constantly for one reason. It's a lack of love, right? It is a lack of love. And until you experience the love of the Father, it is impossible for you to give the love of the Father. And that is a love without condition. And I think this is important because if, if, if we go on to verse 11, I, I believe it clears it up quite simply for us, okay? And I've read this many a times, and I felt, like, I felt like God was just honing in on a spot of this for me today, okay? Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. When I, 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 kept, I continue to read this over and over and over, and this key word that I believe we can gloss right over, right, if we're not really absorbing this, the word that I believe is incredibly important in verse 11, following verse 10, is the word so. The word so, and I know that sounds crazy. <laughs> it's like the smallest of the words, right? It's tied with like three other words, okay? Okay. <laughs> But it is, right, so, here, here's, here's why. The word so in the passage sets the standard by which the love that he's talking about that we need to share is built off of. Is that, let me, let me say that again. The word so there is important because it is, it is literally showing you that there is something that you're supposed to reference to understand the love that you're supposed to share to one another. Right? So if you, if you actually look in the Greek, okay, the word so in this passage is actually translated from the word huto, okay? Huto means in this manner. It means in this manner. It doesn't mean a lot. <laughs> it means in this manner. And so when you look at this passage, right, and we think about the love. See, this, this, this isn't saying, you know, God loved us so much. I mean, it's saying that God loved us so much, okay. But that's not the use of so in this story, right. It's not about the amount of love we should be accessing. It's about the manner in which we should be loving. So if you think about this and you, and you put that in there, right, this passage is saying if God in this manner loved us. If God in this manner loved us, we also ought to love one another. See, it's, it's not about um, how much you do for them, but it's, it's literally the fact that if you look back on verse 10, there was no condition. There was no requirement. There was no um, uh, requirement on church attendance, on church giving, 
on all of those things. None of those things were here. It was, it was simply in the fact that we, we, we just receive, guys. We just receive that love. And so when we read this passage, if we read this and understand that if God in this manner loved us, we also ought to love one another, this is the standard. This is the standard for everything that we do, everything that we say, right? Everywhere we are, we have to carry this type of love with us. This is unconditional love, where there's no requirements on anything that would happen. The problem that we have, right, because we can read that and we'll be like, oh, you know what, Tom? Um, not that crazy of an idea. Um, unconditional love. I just don't have to put some sort of criteria on my love. Got it. Good. Move on with my life. The problem is we live in a conditional world. We spend so much of our time measuring effectiveness and relationships by what we see in the world and not by what we see in the word. And that and the problem with that is we are how we learn as creatures, okay? Um there's this great learning pyramid that will tell you about how you learn and, and gather more and more and understand more. And the worst, the worst way to learn is uh, just by someone talking to you kind of like I'm doing now, okay? Um, so I am the biggest failure of all the ways you could learn, okay? Are we on the same page now? Okay, good. Um, what happens in life you will spend roughly 14 hours of day, uh, 14 hours a day observing everything that's happening, right? You will see um, different interactions between different people. You will see um, different things that may happen in a meeting. You will see um, how maybe you interact with your children. You will then maybe watch on television um, how people are responding and reacting and building relationships. You will listen to it on the radio. You will listen to it in music. You will listen to it in all these different places. And what happens is you, you get 14 hours of being conditioned by the world. And then we have about 10 minutes that we try to read the word. That's hard. That's hard for our brains, guys. <laughs> That's hard for us because what we're doing is we're absorbing and we're watching people do things. And guess what? You're watching some people be successful in what they're trying to do. And so you're seeing things like this. Like we, we can learn how to get ahead in work, right? How to get ahead in relationships. And yes, I'll even say you can learn how to get ahead in the church by doing these types of things. By literally watching and saying, okay, well, that person used this person and that helped them. There are a lot of pastors that I know even within my network that um, as they get a church, they're like almost already looking for their next church, like their next step up, right? Um, because for some people, it's a career path, right? And I, I got to start here and go there and go there and go there and then get, get this and all these different things, right? Um, and so people will look at this, and what, what will happen is you'll find conditions driving behaviors. Because conditions do drive behaviors, right? It's this whole, hey, you do this for me, and I'll do this for you. And you see it work 14 hours a day. But then when we look at the word, we have to understand that God never worked like that. That's not the way he worked with us, right? And uh, I can tell you, even from my own story, right, when 
um, when I was unemployed, and you guys you guys knew about that story. I've shared that with you. Um, but one of the things that happened during that time is God opened up an opportunity for Beth and I to be youth pastors. And I will tell you that we were out of our minds excited to be able to go lead these students. And this is many years ago, okay? Um, and as we, as I remember sitting down with the pastor and the worship leader to talk to them the first time I met them um, and just talk to them a little bit about the youth ministry that we were talking about and, and the kids and what, what had happened. And I can remember um, me asking them, so how many, how many kids are currently in this group? How many kids are you guys currently working with? And they're like, well, we've got about 30 kids in our youth group. And Beth and I were like, oh, my gosh, that's incredible. That's a great, you know, great team to build with. And, um, and uh, we went to the first service, and there were uh, six kids there. Um, and we were like, these guys can't count. Uh, um, and they're like, well, we kind of had to get you here somehow. Uh, but the, uh, um, what happened in that journey was because I was unemployed and because I'm a doer, me and Nakoda, right, I would strap Nakoda with me everywhere that I went, okay, because she was just a baby at the time. Just, I mean, just teeny, um, maybe a little younger than Harvest, I would say, maybe a little younger than Harvest. And uh, we, would, uh, we would get up in the morning. We only had one car, okay? We were a one-car family for a very, 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 very long time, okay? Um, and Bethany would have to get up early for herself to go to the office. And I would wake up, and I would grab Nakoda, and I'd be like, we're going with you because I wanted the car because <laughs> I didn't want to be stranded at the house by myself all day because then I'd have to clean. Uh, I'd have no good excuse for why I didn't clean the house. I told you guys before, of all my jobs, the one that I would get way below expectations was stay-at-home dad. I was very bad at that job, okay? Um, but So what happened for me is I began to just do everything, right? Because I was a doer. I didn't have my work to lean on. And so I just began doing everything in the church. I mean, I was doing maintenance. I, I was helping with worship. I was helping with everything under the sun at this church that I could get my hands on. Because I was just, I was, I was happy. I got to, I got to work. I, I was steam cleaning the church. That's how desperate I got, okay? I just wanted to do, do, do. And so, um, so I, 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 I was doing all of these things. And then you guys know the story of how God all of a sudden just, boom, planted a job in my lap and all these amazing things. What happened in that relationship is when that happened, I had to sit down with um, leadership and say, hey, just so you know, I won't be able to do anything but youth ministry now. Like that's I got that's all I'm gonna have time for because I'm gonna be working 50 hours a week at least, right? And so I, I'm not gonna be able to do that. And they were like, no problem, man. Like, so good. But as time went on, it wasn't so good. <laughs> and they started wanting to put more and more and more on me. And um, I was doing a pretty good job of saying no, actually, believe it or not. And I was like, no, I can't do it. Well, I think you should pray more about it. No, I can't do it. <laughs> pray about it. No. <laughs> Not doing it. Can't do it. It's not happening. I've already prayed, and this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm, I'm working, right? And what I, what I know now, looking back on that, that relationship was very conditional. The whole basis of the relationship was based off of the idea that I was going to continue to do whatever, right? And what I want you to understand about that is there are a lot of relationships that people build that look like that. 
And a lot of people will want to just stack on you and stack on you and stack on you and stack on you. And they will do it in such a way that you feel like you kind of got to to earn their respect, their love, whatever it is. And that is not that is not the love of God, guys. That is not the way the love of God works. That is not the way that it was ever intended to be. And so what happens, though, for us is we, we absorb this, we see this, we learn this, and we do this. We begin to do it. We begin to do that with people in our own lives, in our own relationships, in our own situations, in our families, whatever it is, we begin to just stack and stack and stack. And you know what? If they don't grab that stack, you get upset at them and you hold it against them. That's not conditional love. That's not the way it's, it's built. That's not the way God designed it. We must be willing to put more weight in the word than into what we observe. This is hard because most of the time, the way that you're receiving this is either by hearing it or by reading it alone. And you want to know the best way to learn something? Do it. That. That is, that is the highest possibility of you retaining anything that is in anything. Work, do it, and you'll be, be better at it. Right? Mowing the grass, do it, and you'll get better at it. Whatever it is, you have to do it. You have to apply it. You have to walk it out. You can't just sit here and hear it, right? Uh, I think it's, it's James, right, who says, be doers of the word. The whole concept of being a doer of the word is because it actually allows it to sink in. You can get it. 14 hours a day, are you doing it? (laughs) Or are you observing the wrong way, and are you then subjecting yourself to that same way? We have to start putting more weight in this word in our observations because let me tell you what will happen. You will see things that work pretty well. You will see things that will work pretty well, and you will be tempted to do them. You will be tempted to walk into that way, and what you will find is you will find emptiness there. See, the world has created an environment where we see every relationship being built off of conditions. And the whole time, the Word of God is telling us that we are to love in the manner which God did, which was from true love, not from conditions. No conditions placed on it, right? Here's why I think this is becoming even more important now. Because we are soaking up and we are seeing this from so many sides, right? Um, Back in the day, you know, my my wife and kids right now, they are loving watching a show that you guys will probably laugh, the fact that they're watching the show. Uh, But they are are just, they're soaking it up. The kids love it. They They pretend and they play it. And, like, they're all in. And it is Little House on the Prairie. (laughs) <laughs> they are like binge watching Little House on the Prairie. Just like soaking it up, right? And it's funny because Bethany and I have conversations like, what if we just went somewhere and just did that, right? <laughs> right? And uh, there's a drawing to that, right? There's a drawing to being able to just, you know, be with your family and, and, and those different things and, and support and be a part of a community like that, right? And what's, what's interesting to me about it is in our society today, you, you are going to have to work hard to drown out the noise. 
It is so noisy in this culture, guys. It is so noisy. And from every possible side, there's just noise, right? And we, we are creatures that get sucked into that. We do. We, we get sucked into that. And we need to start putting an emphasis, right? We, we're being bombarded with perspectives and ideas that continue to keep us from getting back to the word, right? We're moving farther and farther away from being in a position where we can absorb this because we're, we're, there's just so much coming at us. What is happening as a result of all of this, I believe, is we are starting to model our relationship with God after the relationships that we're seeing in the world. I think we're doing this two ways. Uh, I, and this is, this is where I get concerned about us becoming conditional Christ, Christians, okay? Our conversations about what we do for him are conditional off of what he can do for us. I will tell you in my own life, I have been guilty of praying this way. God, if, if you will do this, I will do this. God, if, if you would just give me this opportunity, I would make this happen. God, if you would just fill my bank account to overflowing, <laughs> I would do this. God, if you would just give me a platform, I would, if you would just, and, and this, this is, I, I'm, I, listen, I'm, I'm preaching to myself here. I've lived that, guys. I've lived that, and I've prayed in that way that, God, if you would just, if you would just do this, I would serve you in this capacity. And God, if you would, if you would just work my schedule out a little bit differently where I get a little more sleep, then God, you know what, I, I, would, I would do this more for you or whatever it is. We do that a lot. We find ourselves starting to put conditions on our relationships with him. And that isn't what God has for us. We can't keep treating God like he's this genie that's just waiting to grant our wishes, right? We can't, we can't keep looking at him. We, you know, we, we've got to stop building conditions into our actions, and we need to start doing our actions. Can I tell you that most of the time when you pray to God, God, if you would give me the opportunity to have more finances than I would be able to give, you know what God's probably saying to you? Give. <laughs> and you're probably saying, well, God, if I had the finances, I would. <laughs> That's all conditions. That's all that is, guys. And we are living in a life that we are, we are placing this not only on people, we are placing it on God. Now that's crazy because he's the one who had absolute unconditional love for us. And here we are so many people that are out here placing conditions on him. For people in their family, for whatever it is, God, if you would just save my, my children, then God, I, w- I, would, I would be at church faithfully. God, if you would just move, whatever it is, guys. Titus 3 says this, verses 4 and 5, okay? It says, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness. I'm going to say that again. Not because of works done by us in righteousness but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. See, we're doing, I told you the one thing that we're doing here. The other thing that we're doing is we're trying to do works to get our wishes granted. 
We're trying to do things for God in exchange for something from God. That's still conditional. It's still very conditional. See, it, 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 it feels okay because we're not saying, God, if you'll do this, then, I, you know, then, I'll, then I'll do this. We're stepping out and we're doing it, but we're saying, God, since I'm doing this, you know, right here, I'm here. So cough it up, right? It, as crazy as it sounds to say it that way, it's not that crazy because we do it, right? I've I, guys, I'm 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 drinking from the same cup you are, right? <laughs> we found ourselves doing this and falling into this state of a conditional Christian. That our 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 response to him is dependent on his response to us. That's not what God has for us. That's not what he has for the relationships that you already have, right? For the relationships that you're building with other people, right? There are um, people that will uh, talk about making someone their project um, to, to get them to come uh, meet Jesus. And I get the concept of that, okay? I, I believe in praying for someone and praying for their salvation and going after them with the word. I mean, I, I, I get that, right? Um, but what I'll say is that if we're loving unconditionally, that list should be pretty massive because <laughs> it should be everyone that we encounter, right? We should be able to reach out to them and we should be able to show them the love just naturally because we're living a life that's not based off of conditions. The word of God makes it very clear that we are supposed to do these things in the same manner at which he did them. And at the beginning, if you remember, we talked about who is the standard? God. God is the standard. And so we need to start flipping the script here and saying, okay, wait a minute. I know that I'm absorbing 14 hours a day of nonsense <laughs> most of the time. How do, I, how do I get this to become more of that time? How do I get this word to be more of that? How do I get communication with the Father to be more of that time. Because I believe as we do that, what we will find is we won't ourselves live and press for so many conditions, right? So many conditions of God, so many conditions of those around us. I'm going to ask you to stand as we get ready to close. I When... When I, when I think about this concept, guys, this, this piece of um, conditionality, right, is literally being poured into us all day, every day, constantly. We're seeing people go through life and place these different things on each other and get where they want to go. But we have to start remembering, guys, that what we see in this world and what works in this world is not what works in the kingdom. The kingdom and what is on the earth, it doesn't line up, right? I, I, I always like uh, pastors that would say, God multiplies by dividing <laughs> and he adds through subtraction, right? It doesn't make any sense to us. 
And this is, this, is, this is the same thing is that we have to become a people who will fight the urge to live like what we see out here. We have to fight that urge. And we ha- the only way to do that, guys, is by getting into this. We have to start recognizing that we're not trying to move God into position by offering conditions in our own situations, right? And we need, we need to just start letting God, listen, I, I believe that we need to have a fresh commitment to him. We need a fresh commitment to him that we, we can live an unconditional lifestyle, because that's, I believe that's what God, listen, when you live, when you live in a conditioned lifestyle, you will experience so much letdown, right? See, if you, if you as, as, uh, as a, as a person here at Real Church, if you have conditions on me as your, as your pastor, right, to lead you perfectly in every which way, I have already and will let you down. Okay? That will happen. Don't smile so big, Shauna. <laughs> Let's stand over here now. Um, <laughs> when, when you live like that, you, you know that feeling when someone's let, let you down? It hurts. Gosh, it hurts. It hurts when someone that you expected to do something doesn't come through for you. You feel that. And you can feel torn about that entire relationship because of the condition that you had placed on that person. And can I be honest with you? Sometimes that person doesn't even know the condition exists. Right? Like we, we, we are so upset with someone and they're like, okay, let me tell you something. If you're ever upset with me, most of the time I probably ain't got a clue. Okay? I just, I just, I ain't got a clue. Okay? But what I'll tell you is that we bottle this stuff up big time. And where it becomes a big problem with us is because all of our relationships are modeled off of that, this is what we're doing to God. Some of us are upset with him about something that he didn't do. Some of us are upset with him because he didn't come through in a situation that we thought he should have came through on. And the problem is, we can't see the back door, guys. He sees the back door. He knows what the destiny looks like. He knows where you're going. He knows what it looks like. He knows what it's going to feel like. He, he knows everything that you're going to experience once you get through that back door. And we're getting frustrated with him because we're trying to jump over these pews. And we keep saying, God, where's my answer? God, where's my moment? And it's because we're, we're waiting on our conditions. And that's not what God has for us. So tonight, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Chris, if you would play that song. Guys, we need to make a fresh commitment to him that we are not going to live as a conditional Christian. That we are not going to depend on him to answer every little thing to go perfectly the way that we imagine. Because you know what? He's got it. He, he's got it. we got to trust him in that, Right? Our Father knows how to give good gifts, guys. We got to trust Him in it in such a way that it, it will just, it will blow everyone around you away that you are walking that out. 
So tonight I want to open this altar up for us to cry out to God and say, you know, God, I'm not going to hold you to conditions. I'm just going to receive you. I'm just going to receive you.